I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm in a glass of iced tea and enjoy. The odds are that you had to drive somewhere today. Do you remember the first time you drove and the excitement that it was? Well, what happens when the thrill is gone and other people's driving gets on your last nerve? Sit back and enjoy this week's episode titled, The Passing Lamp. Okay, Scotty, I got to tell you, you know, we, we live pretty close together. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of getting ran off the road. Yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, it's really happening an awful lot, and it's getting scary. It's to the point now that I almost think I'd be comforted if I saw a dog driving. <laughs> Some people just literally cannot drive, Terry, and they don't pay attention to what they're doing. Well, there's so many distractions out there. And you think about when we were learning to drive. You mean back in the eight track days? Well, that, we don't, we I... didn't want to tell anybody that, but you know, now it's out there. You know, the only thing you had to worry, what did you have to worry about then? Maybe changing your parents getting on to you for changing the eight tracks or the cassettes? The cassettes and probably, I guess the worst thing that could happen is you drop the cassette in the floor and you're digging down trying to find the cassette to flip it over. Yeah, our girls putting on lipstick, she drops a lipstick, anything like that. Anything that you drop and you lean down, it you know that an accident and sometimes, unfortunately, fatal accidents can happen in a nanosecond. Oh, it can. And it's scary, especially when you've got children that are learning to drive and you never really, you know, are comfortable every time you know that they're expanding that length of driving. You know, they're just going across town, then they're going to the beach, and then, you know, it's just... to college. Yeah, and it's just, it's nerve-wracking. You want them to let you know when you're leaving, and I need you to let me know exactly when you pull up to your destination. But there are so many distractions now, and it's like... We have so much electronics. We've got so much going on in this world. We're on information overload that you would think when you get in your car, it's almost some time that you can just listen to some music, listen to a great podcast like Secrets from the South. There you go. But we got people doing crazy things. Oh, you've, you know, from the old days of makeup to phones probably are that is worse than really drinking and driving probably if you get down to it probably more people i don't have the stats in front of me but i would think that that is right up there or surpassing drinking driving what texting or something yeah well they had a thing that there's some facts that came out from the university of iowa and this is just talking about talking on the cell phone 
And this was conducted back in 2017, but it said researchers used computerized experiments that tracked eye movements while asking subjects to answer true and false questions to mimic having a cell phone conversation or even a conversation with a passenger. And what they found out was doing this caused participants to take about twice as long to direct their eyes to a new object rather than those that were not asked to respond to the, to the yes or no questions. So this phenomenon is referred to as attentional disengagement. And the more the brain was distracted, the worse participant performance became a snowball effect. Now, that is just talking about cell phones. Now, you cannot tell me you don't get in a car and go somewhere. And I would venture to say that 50% of the people that I pass are on their cell phone. They are. I see it every day myself. So 50% would fall into this category. And that doesn't even get into what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and you know, like doing stuff like that, you run into the back of a school bus very quickly, easily. Because, you know, you're doing, texting and, you know, you, you know how far you can go in a three seconds down a highway? Well, you know, they've had all those commercials that they've done for teenagers to try to tell them how serious it is and how quickly an accident can escalate from not paying attention, just like you said, in seconds. I know a girl not long ago who had it. She was texting. She admitted it. And she looked up from texting just before she hit. She jerked the wheel, and it caught the, the hood, and it just done away with the entire passenger side of her car. I mean, nothing there. She lived. She was bruised up. But had she not jerked it, she'd been dead quick. Well, there are an awful lot of people that, that don't survive. I mean, they're texting, and, and, and that's the thing, especially with young people. But I, I can't even blame this on young people. I see people of every age yep. on the phone. And there's some crazy things that people are doing as well. And I'm thinking, okay, so we got people on the cell phone, and they're talking. And I don't know why we all feel compelled that when we get in that car, it's almost like, okay, who can I call? And when I hang up from that call, who else can I call? And if you do that, make sure to use your hands-free set. And I know some cars don't have it, but that is the best way to do a a, a cell phone if you're talking on one. And I guess that people think that if I'm doing that, then I can, you know, I need to call somebody back. Well, I hadn't had time at work, or I hadn't had time when I was doing this, so I'll do it while I'm on my way home. And I get that. You're trying to maximize your time and be more efficient. But it is awful scary. And when I think about, and I'm not saying I'm a perfect driver, but I'm telling you, and I even had this conversation with my daughter. I said, when you pass somebody and they're going in the opposite direction, do you watch them? Because I do. I mean, I'm being serious. I watch them like a hawk because I cannot tell you how many times in the last couple of weeks I have been ran off the road. And when I get past them, I can clearly see their phone in their hand, and they're looking down like either they're reading the text or they're reading something or they're responding. Well, you know, people are even as bad nowadays to do Facebook Live or some form of something like that while they're driving, and that ain't good. No, and I got something that's even worse than this. So this was something that I found that said she was doing what 
This is Crazy Distracted Stories that was published in 2015. So I only imagine what the stories would be now. Yeah. So that said they recently asked Facebook followers to tell them if they'd seen distracted drivers and what they were doing while they were on the road. And this is some of the, the crazy responses. Somebody said, I saw a woman with a cell phone in both hands driving with her knees. Oh, no, that's bad. Can you imagine that you see somebody with, why would you even do that? That's a good question, Terry. And then you're driving with your knees? Now, I have seen people in the past before those come out to where they were trying to change a shirt and they were doing it with an elbow. You've seen that, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've been guilty. I'll say that. of Changing you, your shirt? No, yeah, I do that all the time. You didn't know that? No, you got a jacket on. And you're oh, trying to yeah. take a jacket off, you know, like it's getting warm or, you know, you, you feel constricted. And so you're like, OK, I'm going to try to take this jacket off. Yeah. And it's not that easy when you're driving. And it's foolish to do that. But I have never been guilty of holding a cell phone in each hand and thinking that especially where we live and all these yeah. curves. Tulane on top of. it. Oh, yeah. Here's another one. And this is just blew me away. Guy says, I saw a guy driving his BMW, open up his sunroof, and stand up and take a selfie of my friend's Lamborghini. I'm not sure how he didn't crash. Well, I'm not sure either. Wow. Take a, Now, he's driving. Yeah, you can't. And you stand up, poke your head through the sunroof, and take a selfie. That's just asking for it. And, and the thing about it that frustrates me about people like this, now... Do I think that I am uh, not guilty of doing things? No, I, I'm guilty of them as well. But I'm trying to remind well, you're myself. You're only human. Yeah, but I don't do outlandish things like this. And the thing that frustrates me is that could be my child that uh-huh. they're passing. That could be me. It could be you. And we don't care because we always think it's not going to happen to me. Yeah, and it does happen to you. Okay. So here's another one. It says, on a commute, I saw a gal playing a guitar, and a few minutes later, a guy was playing a French horn. Well, and they're well, on well, an well, interstate going 70-plus miles per hour. While driving, they're playing a guitar? Yes. That takes two hands. <laughs> Terry, that's awful. You know, if you want to play the guitar or the French horn, then pull your rear end over and, and play it. it. But don't try to do that and drive. That's why they have roadside parks. Look, I found my statistics of what we were talking about, about uh, texting and driving compared to drinking. Yeah. It says that texting is 23% higher uh, your response time than it is from drinking. So it's worse than drinking and driving. And, you know, over the years, we have really, really cracked down on drinking and driving. Yeah. And that's scary to know that that is that much higher a percentage of folks that are texting. And I know they're, they're trying to have laws passed that if you get in a wreck or something like that, they'll pull your phone, pull your records and yeah. see if you've been texting them. But where we have, I don't think we have any state that it doesn't have a DUI a law. And they're very tough on that. But I don't know that we have all of our states that have a texting law. No, they, Do they probably don't. I know that some of them have cracked down on it, that, that you get a $100 fine the first time, and then you can have your license suspended for a month the next time you're caught doing it. But it's not mandatory. It's not the same thing in every state. 
Well. And again, that what I described was the reaction time of, you know, if you're coming up on something, you know, because when you're drinking, your reaction is slower. But that texting, 23% higher. Well, and it's always a dead giveaway when you see somebody that's been drinking, not only the, the swerving. You know, that's always a, that can be texting, though, you yeah. know, where somebody's distracted doing something else or they're bending over and picking up something from the floorboard and they're swerving. But have you ever noticed that they always say, too, and I've seen my share of folks that I thought, mm, they go, they drive really slow to kind of compensate for the fact that they think they're inebriated. You know, they kind of, but they always think that they, they can get home safely. And then they're, but they end up being the person that's on an interstate driving about 20 or they've had situations where they get on the wrong lane. Yeah. You know, they're going the wrong direction. That's why they always tell people when you're driving at night, you need to stay in the right hand lane because to them, if they're in your lane going the wrong direction, they're going to be in the left hand lane. So have you ever been in a, in a wreck before? Uh, fender bender. That's been it. It was funny before me and you came in the studio a while ago, bumped into a friend of mine. He and I, uh, started first grade together and it was our, uh, I think it was our graduation night. I think it was me and him and another guy was in a car and we were on one of these little two lane roads around here and we see a car coming and it's obvious that it's swerving. And it's so weird because today I was on Facebook and I saw the guy and I hadn't seen really? him since I graduated. And so we see him coming, he starts in our lane, and we run off the road into a garden. And he comes in the garden and hits his head on, still. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately, we, you know, a few scratches here, there, and yonder. But, I, you know, that could have been bad. But we were hit head on by a drunk driver on graduation night. And none of us had been drinking. But he had. Yeah, apparently he had. I wonder if going off into the pasture kind of helped. Uh, maybe, but he followed us right on out there. <laughs> well, but that's the worst that I've ever been involved in. And now I will tell you this: I had a I had a story where you'd have to know my grandfather. He was the one I told you they called him Smiley. Yeah. Well, we were going over to eat at my grandparents, and you had they lived around a lake. I mean, it was a winding little thing, and they you know then it came up on a hill, and you came down. It's kind of hard to explain, but it, it made a really sharp turn into their neighborhood, uh, into their driveway, and it wasn't much of a driveway. And then their their house actually was on top of a hill that was like, it had like three terraces and it looked down on the lake. But you had to kind of wind around to get yeah. up to it. So my grandmother tells my grandfather to go to the store and pick up a bag of ice. You know, this is back in the day when you had the, you didn't have the ice machines. You know what I'm saying? You had she wants the, the, the crushed ice, the sonic ice. But this was when you had the trays. Yeah, the ice trays. So she had sent him and I thought, well, I'm going to go. Well, we get to load up. Now, this was a 64-and-a-half Mustang that she Ooh. had. We go to get in the car, and my brother's two-and-a-half years younger than me. I'm not old enough to drive. And he asked my grandfather, could he drive? And I was blown away. He let him. So my grandfather piles up in the passenger side. My brother is in the driver's side, and I'm in the back. And he did really good. And he drove all the way to the store, to the convenience store. So I thought, and you have to know how competitive my brother and I were. I mean, literally, we counted trophies. That's, that's ridiculous. But we used to count how, who had the most trophies and this and that. But So I thought, I'm two and a half years older than him. And here he is driving before me. So I asked my grandfather, I said, 
well, can I drive back? So he said, he used to call us Sugar. He said, sure, Sugar. This time, he gets in the back. So I got my brother in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. And know nothing. I know nothing. And so I had to ask him how to crank the car. That should have been clue number one. Get out and get back in the car. Oh, my gosh. He said, now give it a little gas. Well, I gave it a lot of gas, and I almost cleaned the gas pump gone, you know. So I pull off, and I got to wind around the uh, the lake. And I don't know how I managed, but I probably wasn't going fast. But the tricky part was coming back on top of that hill and making that sharp turn in to their driveway. So, like I said, it wasn't a long driveway. So I was really focused on making that right turn. And when I did, I made the turn, but I never put on the brake. Oh, no. And we went completely through the uh, the garage with the door down. And thank goodness I slammed on the brake because if I had not, we'd have gone out the, the garage and down those three terraces and probably in the lake. So what do you have to say about that? Uh, well, he was kind of sitting in the back with his glasses, you know, half cocked, like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I, this is no lie. My grandmother, my grandfather, I mean, my grandmother, my mother, my dad come running out with all the commotion. I mean, literally, I have tore their garage completely up. I have, we're sitting in the garage. The garage is, what's left of the doors, I mean, it's right. just all around. So they run out there and they say, oh, my gosh, what happened? And um, my dad, being sarcastic, said, Terry just ran through the garage door. And this is no lie. That's what my grandmother said. She said, oh, well, well, y'all come on in and eat. <laughs> But I found out later the reason that my grandfather let my brother drive is he had been teaching him how to drive. That wasn't his first rodeo. I taught myself on a lawnmower, if I remember right. Nine years old, I could drive, you you know, fooling with cows and uh this, that, and the other. But thinking back, I guess, you know the old term, you know, they say you wet your britches? Yeah. I actually did once. You know, when we were like 15 or 16, the things to do in the rural route was you'd go camping out. So we went a camping, and so we're headed back home on Saturday or Sunday morning. I forget what it was, and we're cruising about 70, and I'm on the passenger seat there, and here it comes. It didn't even know it was coming, but this snake comes slithering out from behind the seat of the truck. Oh, my goodness. Down the side of the window. And you want to talk about two rednecks <laughs> slamming on brakes, sliding. It was awful. I wet my britches. I, I am not going to lie. That You're not ashamed to say it, no, are you? No, I am not, because that was bad. Uh, we slung the snake out the window, and I wouldn't get back in the truck for about 20 minutes. I mean, it, it, that was. What kind of snake was it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But it was big, it was big fat. All I can tell you at that point. I mean, I had the heebie jeebies. And if somebody would have been coming, it would have been a head on wreck because we were all over the road. Oh my God. You know, it's kind of like the bead loose in the car that you can't get away from. Exactly. But, but you know, you make a, a good point. All right. So, yeah, I had no business driving, but that was back in the day when, You'd have to know the neighborhood. There wasn't. There was probably one street that had a lot of cars on it. Other than that, it was just you know trying yeah. to wind around and do whatever. And I had no business driving a car. And then you had that, and people do have things where they get distracted, where a bee stings them or something like that, or a snake uh, if it's if it's you. But there's so many things that can be a distraction. I mean, old people. You know, my gosh, I got behind somebody the other day, and I honestly thought, you know. I would never get to my destination because they drive, they're so cautious. They drive so slow. 
there are other crazy stories. Well, you know, like this week, I'll give you an example of, of di, di, what, do they, what do they call it, distractive driving, things that distract yeah. you? Yeah. I had taken my mom into town, and I'm driving her big old Lincoln Continental, and we're driving down the road. And yeah, but it, it rides good. It does. And you know how something catches the, out of the corner of your eye? Yeah. The woman ought to be ashamed. She had on shorter than Daisy Dukes with high heels. And this is at 70, I analyzed all this. Now, now, this is your mother? No, my mom was on the right side, but I'm driving her, and we passed this laundry, Oh, okay, you passed somebody like that. Okay. A laundromat. And this woman's getting out to go wash her clothes, and she's got a clothes basket, and she's wearing high heels, stockings, and the shortest shorts, and a tube top. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, did I just see that? And, you know, it was my, I, you couldn't help but look. And I could have run over somebody because I was so distracted looking at that. You didn't run off the side of the road, did you? I swerved a little bit. I bet you did. Okay, so here are some other ones that said, I saw two people switch drivers while driving down the interstate. I saw that in Smokey and the Bandit. Well, I've never seen that in real life. I've seen it on a movie. But let's see. Because you will get hung. Yeah. Well, how do you? I don't even know how that's possible. It uh, you have to have a big. You you can't have no small car do that. Well, I have. Yeah, I think I've seen people where you know somebody the the person on the drive on the passenger side has to kind of hold, hold the, the steering, steering wheel. wheel, and you know that that's never a good thing. But here was another one that said, "Think about this." So somebody may not even know what this is, but you and I will know. Now, not that you have one, and not that I have one, but it'll understand that it's a little difficult. I saw someone taking off her girdle. While driving, or spanks, you know, that is almost. I can't even hardly put them on. Right. Much less try to take them off. And this is standing in my own bedroom. <laughs> you know, once you get those suckers on, and it's really it's difficult. I mean, they are they're, they're called tight. spanks or a girdle or whatever for a reason. And then you try to get those things off. I can't imagine. For me to say, you know what, let me get in the car and try to take them off. Yep. You know, and that goes back to Smokey the Bandit. Remember the wedding dress coming off? Oh, yeah. What's she wearing now? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Now, right, now, the next question is is all the, the old age question of who's a better driver, a man or a woman? Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. What's your answer? Well, my answer is because I pulled this up. I, I Googled it just to see because, you know, your first response, oh, man's a better driver. But not according to insurance companies. Really? Uh, the number of men killed in car accidents, 25,000. The number of women killed in a car accident were 10-6. So a lot more there. But you know what? That probably explains why car insurance for it is for boys is so much more expensive than it is for girls. Male DUI, deaths, 5-2, women, 1.5. It just goes on and on to where men is more than double speeding tickets and this, that, and the other when it comes to wrecks and things. But uh, that answers that, I guess. You know, but I was trying to think of who do I see that looks like they're more distracted lately. And It's know, a woman. Well, I knew you were going to say a woman. But I do see my share of women that there's another one that says they saw a woman putting on toenail polish. And that, that to me, again... Is something that you got to be very still, very precise. I just don't see how you put toenail polish. I'd love to see the end result while you're driving. <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for the women too and say I've seen my share of men. Some of those people that I told you that have ran me off the road, one of them was a guy and he was Texan. 
Yeah, it it doesn't matter who you are. If you text, it's going to happen there. That's just dangerous. It's scary. Yeah, and I just literally, coming from a, and, and trust me, y'all, when I say I come from a small southern town, I did. So my driving experiences have been mostly on the rural route. And we get married, and of course, that's my really, I guess that was the first time I drove outside of, uh, of, of here. I uh, went to Nashville, and boy, I bounced up in Nashville, and I don't know where all them people come from that didn't have no job, <laughs> but they rode around all the time. But I still get the cringes of, you know, going through Houston. That is like wanting to sign your death warrant. Oh, or Atlanta. Uh, the eight lanes of track. I remember going through there. Eight or lanes Los of Angeles. I mean, yeah. I've been, you know, some of those bigger, and they just get used to it. I mean, these three, I I, these two and a half hour commute one way. Or two hour or one and a half hour. And I did a, a commute for, God, about eight years where I commuted for about an hour. But it wasn't, it was distance. It wasn't so much traffic. 60 miles or yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. Two lane roads, yeah, it does exactly. take that long. But, uh, you know, and I got respect for those people that used to that busy traffic. So it, it comes up, what are the worst cities to drive in? Because they're out there. And you know, oh, I bet they are. And you know, they would probably say these two-lane uh, backwood uh, country southern roads is probably worse. I have than a that. feeling you're going to tell me that it's not. <laughs> no, Louisville, Kentucky comes in at ten. Ooh. I've been through there, and I didn't think it was all that bad. Sacramento, California, yeah. Cleveland, Ohio, at eight, I believe that a hundred percent. New Orleans. Yes. Oh, yeah. New Orleans. I can see that, too. Yeah, and Atlanta, Atlanta. And that was one of the ones I mentioned. As we keep going down this, St. Louis, I believe it. Detroit, yes. Dallas, yes. Savannah. And I wouldn't have put the number one on this list here that they've got. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have put Savannah. Yes. I mean, I've been to Savannah several times. Beautiful place. I would never have put Savannah. Uh, I, Houston would definitely be oh, worse. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Midland, or, or, you know, the, what is it, Midland, Texas, out there where that oil strike has uh, been booming. Yeah. But they've got Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as the worst city to drive in. And I've been through that bridge is bad. Now, don't get me wrong, crossing the river. I, I wonder if but, that's because of LSU and you've got a lot of college kids. I mean, I don't know. Maybe so. But uh, I don't agree with it. I've been through it. It's It's got its not-so-great moments, but it. Uh, I've been through worse. Yeah, and I'm surprised that somewhere like Los Angeles didn't make the list or, mm. I mean, uh, you know, others come to mind, but you just do not. Well, New York. Ooh. I had a friend that went to New York City, and she'd been there several times, went and took an aunt. She and her sister went, and she said, you know, I've never driven down Times Square, and she was going to rent a car. They were going over to New Jersey for an event that they were taking their aunt to. So she got the car, and the car happened to be where they were, had gone to New York to spend some time sightseeing. The aunt had never been to New York City. And I hadn't this either. was oh, it's awesome! And this was going to be an opportunity for them to kind of get to see some sights, and then they were going to New Jersey. So she rents this car. She drives through Times Square. She said, and this is a very uh, seasoned driver, somebody that has traveled the world has been in a lot, a lot of large cities, a lot because of her work, is an experienced driver, and she said she was a freaking nervous wreck. I can see that. I, I never, I, I just don't think I have enough patience or confidence to try it. Well, you would have to really know your way around New York to be good at it. It's better to spend 100 bucks or whatever And she it actually videoed it and put it on, uh, I think she put it on Instagram, and I was like, hey, thumbs up to you. You got a lot of courage. I give you uh, kudos for doing it. I would not. You know, so... You got that, but again, you know, you got these 
It's crazy folks out there that with all of these distractions that we have going on in our life, just in our life. Oh, yeah. And then you compound that with all the distractions that you have going on in your car, all the things that you have. Even, like you said, with all these modern conveniences with some of these new cars that they're trying to really help you where, you know, you can punch a button and you can tell Siri what your text is so that you're not texting. And if you swerve over the line, it beeps at you. All of these things for safety reasons. And yet we have idiots on the road today more so than we ever had before. So let me ask this. If you agree with this, if not, I know it's not done, but I guess I'm asking, do you think it should happen? Should there be a certain age to where the DMV retest you again? I definitely think, and I hate to say it because I'll be one of those folks a long time away, but I will hate to give up that independence, that when you get old, I definitely think that. Because your reaction time is just not what it was when you were younger. Yeah, but I sure wish there was a way where they could suspend your driver's license or whatever. We're doing a better job of trying to get those people off the road that are under the influence. But So do what? you think they ought to do that? Say 79 is age or 80 or whatever. Do you think there ought to be an age where you have to go back? At least to be tested. And to me, if you pass the test and you're 89, you pass the test. If you're 73 and you don't pass the test, you don't pass the test. And does that mean that you have to give it up for good? Well, maybe they let you go back and you can retest again. But I think at some point we're all going to have to say, I'm going to have to get a driver. And I think by the time I get to that point, and I I hope it's in my 90s, I'm going to be ready for a driver. Hey, I love using Lyft and Uber. I love it. Well, I let let my wife do it. If we go somewhere, she drives. Now, I could care less about driving. I just want to sit there, peace, quiet. Yeah, that's me, too. But at some point, there reaches that point where you have to take the car keys away from a loved one. And they generally don't like it. Oh, no. Well, it's it's not so much that you're taking my car keys away. You're taking some of my independence away. Exactly. Their freedom is what it is. Yeah, and that will be us one of these days, and we'll be fighting tooth and nail, and we'll be fussing about how good a driver we are. But right now, we get to fuss about how terrible some of the drivers are, and we're a good driver. And if you're, if you're thinking, well, what are the signs that I should take them away from my parents? There's a big, long list everywhere, but let me give you a hint on this. If they come back... And half the side of the car is missing. <laughs> that's about the time to start investigating. Yes, it is. At some point in time, you'll be faced with somebody with road rage. You could get ugly, that's for sure. But do your best and put on a southern smile. And instead of being ugly, well, just use the southern term, bless your heart. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, would you know a secret? Well, maybe you've learned that being the first to get there isn't as important as just getting there.